Hey guys, my name is Angie Marie and you are listening to Bosse Talk. Fun little story. Uh, last week, the other week, I had a moment of absolute fucking terror. Uh, the, I'm doing an Instagram question uh, Q&A response podcast. This is questions people ask me and I figured it'd be fun to kind of do this Q&A because it's things people are interested about me and um, a little bit more about myself, but real quick, fun story. The other week, uh, you know, I've been posting it on my stories and or not my stories as my reels. I've been posting just like my life and myself working out, you know, pretty PG 13 things, myself in the gym with sports bras and shorts, you know, a little skin, but nothing inappropriate. And Instagram motherfucking took down my account. They disabled my shit. And I was like, oh my God. I'm not a big social media person, contrary to probably popular belief that I'm like super into social media. I use it for my business. Of course, I have, you know, I've built relationships and and partnerships with people through social media because that's kind of the way the world works now. And when they took that shit down, I was like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Absolutely mortified. Mind you, I figured it out. I will tell you guys, if you ever figure if you ever get disabled or have somebody get disabled, there are a lot of things online that will tell you what to do and don't do any of it. (laughs) Do what I did just in case or if you know someone who needs this. I had to go to Meta Business and figure out how to chat with somebody send them my Instagram information and they made me a ticket so that they could put it to the front and figure out what was wrong with it. Because I read so many things where people are like, oh my God, it's been months and they've never responded to me. That's the fastest way is to contact someone who works at Meta and then you get your account back. And mind you, mine was disabled because of violating community rules. And I was like, what the fuck? I literally see people posting basically their entire genitals online. And I'm just posting, you know, my physique uh, and they never get their shit taken down, but they basically apologized and said, you know, sorry, it was a mistake on our end. We apologize. So if you're ever in my predicament, just go to meta business or hit me up and I'll tell you what I did, but all right, let's get started. So I got some really dope questions. Of course, uh, when you ask questions on Instagram, there's always people who like to say things like, for example, Kellen said fart. So that was cool. Um, but (laughs) That's the fun part about social media. People that you don't really want to hear from are going to send you opinions, comments, all the things that you don't really give a fuck about, but it's all in good fun, right? So the first question I I really liked was, well, I liked all these questions, but someone asked me about what started me in the fitness industry. And I never really talk about it because I feel like I've told this story so many times. Like I've been on podcasts, I've been interviewed by like uh, magazines and articles and things along those lines. So I feel like I've told my story a lot, but for the sake of the podcast, why not talk about, you know, what started me in fitness? And the reality is, was what most people start focusing on, which is how I looked. Initially, I was like, so fucking sick of my party life. I partied every weekend, literally got drunk every weekend. It was like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So borderline alcoholic. I was in college, which really isn't an excuse, but it's more socially acceptable at that time. I ate like shit. I literally am not joking you. I would make these little mini corn dogs and French fries when I was hammered. And I don't know if people say hammered anymore and dip them in ranch and wouldn't eat again until the next day and then order herbs and gerbs, a sandwich, and then die in my bed and then do it all over again. And I got to a point where I was just like, 
I didn't even want to go out anymore because I hated how I looked. I hated how I felt. I was tired all the time. And I remember there was a moment where I was just like, is this what my life is? Is this what life is like? Like, is this what it's supposed to feel like? And I can't even tell you what made me. Yes, I can. Now I just thought of it. Me and my at the time boyfriend, he was in the military and he started working out because I guess that's what military guys do. And he was like getting in shape. And so he was like, let's do a challenge. Let's see who can get abs first. And at the time, I was very motivated by hair extensions. I'm not even going to lie. I did hair extensions all the time and they were not cheap. And I wanted new hair extensions. So I said, if I win, you have to buy me hair extensions. We had two months. And if he won, I don't even remember because I didn't care because I was like, I'm going to win. And so that was my initial motivation. I started oh my God, you guys, I Googled healthy foods and it was not right, but I tried, you know, I was putting in effort. I started eating like uncle Ben's, uh, not the healthy rice. Like, I don't even remember what flavor it was like flavored rice, salmon, but regardless, all the choices I was making at the time were still better than what I was doing. I quit drinking, lost a lot of friends, literally learned. That was the first time I learned that sometimes people are friends with you based off of, you know, what they're, interests are. And all my friends at the time were just interested in getting fucked up every weekend. And so I stopped getting invites. I started kind of realizing I needed a new circle of friends who had similar interests. And to do that at the time, I was like, all right, what can I do to, to meet new people? So I did this challenge with my ex. I won. I got the, the hair extensions. <laughs> and then I was like, all right, I'm in this now. Like I, I, I had abs. Like I, for the first time in my adult life, like when I was a kid, I probably always had abs. I was for some reason, super skinny and lean. But as an adult, I had it. And I was like, okay, I, I like how I'm feeling. I like my energy. I like how I look again. I'm showing off my midsection versus, you know, trying to cover everything up. And so I started training at the gym at my college, at the university, and started getting in really good shape. I started doing fucking 5Ks, you guys, which I still think it's great. I still actually really like to run. Um, but I started running 5Ks. I was just trying to do the things I knew healthy people were doing. So I started running those. I was working towards the 10K. And then I don't remember how I stumbled upon it, but then I started to do MMA. So I did Muay Thai and started meeting people in that community. And they're all focused on health and fitness and, you know, getting ready for fights. And low key, I thought I was going to be the next Ronda Rousey and started fucking sparring and shit. And, you know, I was super shredded. I was a ring girl. I did all the fun shit. I got hit in the face. That wasn't it for me. I decided I didn't want to do that. Um, but initially what started it was just, I didn't want to feel like shit anymore. I didn't like how I looked anymore. And I started doing things that I knew people who were in shape did. Honestly, that was kind of my stepping stones to getting to where I am. And one day I posted a picture of myself after it was literally called an underwear marathon, like in on college, on the campus, you strip down into your underwear. It was for a good cause. But I ran in my underwear with all you know, 150 or however many people did it. Um, and I posted a picture and someone's like, you should compete. And then it was history from there. I started looking it up and started competing because that was something I felt like as an, I always felt like I was an athlete and that was something I was like, all right, I, I could be good at this. I don't need to have, you know, played years and years of a certain sport to qualify. I could just come out of, you know, the dust and step on stage. And I did that. I fucking did that. And it was my passion ever since. So yeah. And then, so the next question, same person was, what have you learned being in the industry and what the future brings? I've learned a lot from this industry. Um, I'm going to start with in the very beginning, what I learned initially, yo, there's so much shit. There's so much shit online. 
and it is overwhelming. I don't just mean different coaches, different methods, different diets. I'm talking different supplements, what supplements you should be taking, what things you should be doing, how to do this, how to do that. When I first started, I was overwhelmed. I didn't know what the fuck was right and wrong. I didn't know, you know, most people were like, okay, just restrict your calories to fucking 100, 1100 calories and you'll lose weight. Like don't eat anything, do all the cardio. And it took me years to learn the opposite of that, to learn how to actually fuel your body, how to, didn't even know what macros were when I first started. I was like, what the fuck is a macro? I had to, you know, teach myself all of those things and educate myself. So I had the knowledge to, first of all, first and foremost, change my own life and understand how my body works. Um, but then also to learn how to help other people achieve what I had achieved. Um, and so that was a, the biggest thing. And I, I still see that with people who are like, I just don't know what to do that. I don't know what is a right thing. I hear so many different things. And I think that's something people have to learn how to do is to choose somebody who you, you genuinely not only trust, but also somebody who you think is real and that you like, because there's a lot of people who I think know what the fuck they're talking about. And they're kind of a dime a dozen coaches nowadays or like everyone's a coach, but it's someone who you can see has that experience, not only with themselves, like, yeah, cool. You have a six pack, but have you helped other people achieve their goals? Have you helped someone else change their lives? Because it's cool hearing someone else's story and how they change their life, but that doesn't mean that they can do it for you. And I learned that. I did learn that the hard way. You know, I had people who tried helping me and I look back at what I did and I was like, how the fuck did I even survive eating that low amount of food? Um, but yeah, that was one of the big learning lessons for me was, is being more mindful of who I'm choosing to help me reach my goals and to also take the time to educate yourself about things as well. Don't just blindly be like, okay, I don't know what to do. Tell me what to do. Have somebody who's going to tell you, show you, educate you so that you have the knowledge to do it yourself as well. Not just someone who, you know, gives you a meal plan is like, here you go, do these workouts. That's it. Someone who has maybe the tools for you to further your education and understand, okay, why am I eating this way? What is this? What do these macros mean? What? It, why am I consuming this amount for my body? Um, that's something I think is very valuable and very helpful. And the other thing I learned about this industry that has to do more with like, I'd say just like the fitness industry as a whole, there's a lot of fucking bullshit. There's a lot of smoke and mirrors. And I've, I take a lot of pride in how real as fuck I am. I am exactly who I am. I will never, someone once asked me, yo, you guys, somebody's fucking dead ass was like, is this just a fucking front? Like, is this a facade? Is this like you're putting on a show for social media? I was like, what the fuck? Ain't no way. This is exactly who I am. And I've always stood on that. Like I stand solid on that. Whoever you see on social media, whoever you hear on, you know, my, any platform I have, I'm the same bitch in real life. Like nothing is different. You might catch me on a day where I'm tired or I'm, you know, a little down, but for the most part, I'm a pretty positive, upbeat, um, loving, welcoming person. And that's something that I pride myself in. But what I mean about smoke and mirrors is as most of you who are on social media know, a lot of people fucking post their like progress pictures or they post themselves in the gym. And I'm learning so many people get these like secret BBLs or secret surgeries or, um, you know, photoshopping their butt or their waist to be smaller and then promoting that as a way to get more clients to do their programs. Now I am not hating on anyone who does that shit. Like if that's something you want to do, more power to you. I, I literally respectfully believe that if someone wants to change something about themselves and it means surgery, then you should do it regardless of what anyone else thinks. But my problem is when people use the body that they paid for from a surgeon 
and then they promote it or they Photoshop a specific, you know, big butt and they try to sell a glute program. It's frustrating because it's giving these people an idea like, oh, I can, if I work really hard, I can achieve that. And then <laughs> they never disclose the fact that, oh, by the way, my butt's this big and my body looks the way it does because I got lipo and I got, you know, fucking injections. So for me, that's the, that's part of the smoke and mirrors. Um, and that's always been something I've struggled with in, in the fitness industry is kind of like the bullshit. And sometimes it's like the bullshit workouts where I'm like, bro, what the fuck? I, I'm, and I am, I have been there before. I will, will tell you when I first started, I see some of the shit I used to do. I'm like, girl, what the fuck are you trying to do? Break your legs? Like that shit ain't, that shit ain't it. But it's, it's, it's something to, to look at too. Those like pay attention to people who are real, like people who are genuinely like themselves and you, they're not posting. It's hard to really tell if someone's Photoshopping, but it is something to be mindful of when you're looking through social media, as we all know, you see someone's body, you're like, Oh, I want that. But most of the time, one, it probably took them a long time to build it. If that is the case, like if they're genuinely themselves, like not Photoshopping or getting some kind of surgery, it took them a long time. So if anyone tells you some bullshit story, like, Oh, this only took me six months to achieve X amount of muscle growth. Not true. Like, sorry, it's just not true. Maybe there's a few incidences and cases that are true, but for the majority of the storyline, it does take years. Like for me, when people are like, I want your body, I'm like, okay, you can, but this has been 13 years of lifting, training, consistently eating. Like I'm not off when I'm not. And when I'm in off season, there is no off season. I'm still eating healthy. I'm still training. I'm still consistent with my shit. This is like 24 fucking seven, 365. Like it's nonstop. And I think people don't see that when they see other people on social media it takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of time. <clears throat> so yeah, a few things I learned. There's so much I could go in about the fitness industry. Um, but those are the main things that I've noticed about it. There's a lot of fake shit out there. There's a lot of people who don't really know what they're talking about trying to help other people. And you've got to be very careful in who you select to kind of guide you specifically towards your goals. I also have this thing about people who do one competition and have no education or experience, and then suddenly they're coaching people, be very careful of those people. They might be cheap, but you get what you pay for, and that's real talk. That's real talk. You don't want someone to fuck up your metabolism, fuck up your body, and then you're now in a worse place than you started off in. This is a good one because this is something I had to think about. It, it, the question is, if you were to say one person inspires you the most, who would it be? And for years, I used to say myself, and, and I don't mean that in like a fucking narcissistic way because Jesus, that sounds narcissist. But I've always been inspired to be this version of myself, like what I envision myself to be and who I want to become. And so I used to always say that when people say who inspires you, I'm like me, I inspire myself. I'm, I want to be great. I, I see this version of who I am now and where I know I can go. And I'm inspired by that. And that's what keeps me moving forward every day. But there are people too, that I I've seen over the years. And I'm like, God, I just love this person and what they stand for. And I'm gonna be real the motherfucker that I look at. And I'm like, damn, you are everything. Also very attractive is the rock dead ass. Like he is just, I know he tells that $7 in his pocket story a lot, but genuinely I just love who he is as a human. Like, of course, just like anyone else, he probably has bad days, but he genuinely tries to be this amazing person. And I strive to be exactly the same way. I strive to show love and light and be a good, genuine human being, but also his work ethic in the gym and his career is just inspiring. I just look at him and I'm like, I, I want to embody all the things that he also does. 
So aside from me being inspired by myself, which is narcissistic, The Rock is probably someone I genuinely look up to and think that he's a great man and I'd like to be like him, but the female version. Um, here was a question that's not fitness related real quick. Someone asked me tips for starting a podcast for a total beginner. You guys, this is my, my only bit of advice. Just fucking do it. Don't buy all the equipment because I did. I literally, I'm looking right now. I bought, I got four microphones. I've got all these different sound things. I've got a bunch of headsets and all these things that I thought I needed. Literally all you need to do is find a platform that you can put your podcast on. I typically use anchor have a, a one good microphone doesn't have to be the best, but a good microphone. I have Yetis and I have a different one. I can't remember the name and just fucking do the, just do podcast episodes. Just do it. You know, maybe people are going to listen to it and be moved by it and enjoy it and love it and keep coming back. And maybe not, but I think the whole point in getting started is you have to learn with anything in life. If you're trying to start something new and you have no idea what the fuck you're doing, just start. And you'll be like, okay, this isn't working. This sound doesn't sound good. What can I change? What can I do differently? How can I grow? You might start with a basic microphone and, and just the platform. And then you can grow from there. That's my genuine advice. When I started, I bought all the shit and I regret it. It was like over $2,000 worth of shit. And I don't use half of it, but it's because somebody else was like, these are the things you need to buy this, this, and this. And I was like, okay, doing it. Check, check, check. And now I'm like, okay, I could have gotten away with one microphone and that's all I needed. And everything else just comes with time when you were like, okay, I need to, I need this for my sound or whatever it may be. That's how you get started. I'm going to keep these mostly fitness because, um, this so far has been a lot of fitness questions. Um, someone asked if I'm ever going to step on stage again, you guys. Okay. Let's talk about this. There's two good questions. Yes. I, I do see myself on stage again. I, I've been a pro almost for a decade, which is wild. My past coach that was with me when I got my pro card posted our picture together from when I got it. And I was like, damn, that was a, that was a minute, but I've grown a lot over the years. Bodybuilding definitely changed my life. And I think it can be a positive and a negative first for a lot of people. It changed my life in the sense that it gave me a sense of almost purpose it gave me something to work towards. It changed my mental. Um, it changed how I thought. It changed my belief in myself. It gave me a different kind of um, understanding of hard work. It taught me how to be disciplined. And when you're disciplined in something like that, it overflows into other areas of your life. It taught me how to work towards a, a goal, the long-term versus that short-term gratification, knowing that doing the work now is going to set me up for success in the future, which is why I always say do it for future you, because genuinely everything you do today is going to be a reflection in your future of what you accomplished. And so, um, yes, I, I definitely want to step on stage again. I've been a bikini pro for 10 years and I absolutely love the sport in, in the, I love the sport because I love the process of getting there. I love the hard work. I love the grit. I love the I'm not going to lie. I love the pain, which sounds wild, but I love pushing myself to the point where I'm like, I didn't think I could do this. And I did. And to me, it's like, if I can survive this and get through this, I can get through fucking anything. Um, but as a bikini athlete, I've kind of outgrown it. If I'm being real, I, I've wanted to build more muscle and I've had to kind of fit into the box of bikini for a long time. And I got to the point where I was like, I'm not really fitting in this box anymore. I want to be more muscular. And I don't think bikini girls are not muscular by any means, especially now over the years. It's like they almost look like figure competitors used to look when I first started. But more so for me, I, I want to switch divisions. I'm looking into figure because 
it's a new challenge. I feel like uh, it's more my alley. It's more up my, where I'm at with my physique. Um, naturally, I've built a lot of muscle. I'm going to remain natural. And that's my only hesitation is I'm not sure I can step on the pro stage as a figure athlete naturally and not get laughed off of stage because those girls are fucking jacked. Yeah, like I know I'm jacked compared to the, your average person. But when you're standing next to those women, uh, it's a little bit different ballgame. And majority of people in this sport, not everybody, keep that in mind, mo majority of people take some kind of, they take something to help them look the way that they do. And I have for years let people know that I've done this naturally. Again, this was 13 years of building muscle and, and staying consistent and having solid off seasons to grow and to build. Um, but I will step on stage again more than likely, and I will be doing it as a figure athlete, but that might take some time because I, I do want to step on stage and have people be like, yeah, she, she looks like she's a pro figure athlete rather than, yo, where did this girl come from? Why is she standing on the stage? And then the other question that the same person said is how was the mental aspect of contest prep, which I kind of talked, touched on already, but everything that we do in life is a mental game. Truly, it is all about your mental, like how strong you can mentally push yourself. I have this motto that I use with my clients all the time that I'm sure they're annoyed if I say it all the time, but I literally say where the mind goes, the body follows. And that is facts. If you believe in something enough, if you genuinely put your mind to something, it will happen for you. And it is really challenging because when you're in prep, not only are you tired and you're kind of like your body's exhausted, um, your mental health starts to kind of, you know, you're, you're, you have really no balance. It's mostly just, it's eat, sleep, workout, maybe work and back to that same schedule. And it's constant, it's nonstop. Um, but again, it goes back into, believing that this is something that you want and putting in the work to get there and having that mental strength of, okay, right now this is hard, but that reward is worth it. And, and I always tell people that when it comes to competing or any kind of goal, it might be hard to make the sacrifices right now, but the sacrifices you're making today, think about how you're going to feel for an athlete standing on that stage. You did the work, you showed up, you did the cardio, you ate the food, you did all the things right. You get on that stage. Even if you don't do well, that feeling of accomplishment, there's nothing like it. There's absolutely nothing like that. Of course, we all want to fucking win. Let's be real. Everyone wants to be first place. But that ability to do something that is so challenging and to follow through changes everything. It, it shows you what you're made of and makes you realize that you're stronger than you might have thought. And that goes into other parts of life too. Like doing anything that's hard, you know, starting a business, um, running a marathon, uh, any, anything that has this like end goal for, you know, for yourself, it's the journey getting there. That's challenging. It's having that mindset to keep going. It's the, I believe in myself and I can do this and I can do the hard things and make the sacrifices I need to now so that when that day comes, I am happy with everything I did and I'm successful ultimately. And to me, success isn't always about winning. It's about getting past the finish line and doing what I said I was going to do. Since we're on the topic of competing, somebody asked, pressure to take some sort of PEDS. You guys, I don't even know what that means. In the competing world, perspective on gear. So essentially uh, steroids. And I've had so many people, oh my God. It doesn't even matter how much I say I don't take steroids and I never have. It doesn't matter. 
It doesn't matter because people are going to believe what they want to believe regardless. Even my ex-boyfriend, though, when we were dating, he was like, I honestly thought that you took stuff. He's like, but obviously I've dated you for four years. And unless you're secretly doing it behind my back, he's like, I'm like, no, I've never, I've never done it. I'm, I'm not a cocky person. I just, for me, I'm like, I, I feel lucky because my genetics are my genetics. And if I work really hard, eat the food and do the work, I look amazing. And Here's something too. Since I was a little girl, I was jacked. Like I remembered in sixth grade, my sixth grade teacher used to make fun of me and like, what are you doing before you come to class? You fucking curling hay bales. Like I just genetically have always been muscular. And if you know my family, which mostly no one does, but my brothers, aside from one of them who doesn't take care of himself, they're jacked as fuck. It's that Nigerian fucking blood. They're all just jacked and I, they don't even really work out that much. They're just big and muscular. So for me, it's never been something I've considered. And one of the main reasons why I, I made the decision when I first started competing, I did some research and I will never bash anyone for doing this by, by the way, if it's something you're interested in doing, I would definitely reach out to somebody who actually knows what they're talking about, who can guide you. Um, and when people ask me, I'm like, I have no idea. I don't even know what half of the things are that you're asking me about, but my reasoning for never doing it was um, I saw how it changed some of the women in the industry back when I first started. Um, their voices were very deep, um, like very deep. And I've always, my voice hasn't changed. I mean, it just changes as you get older, but um, my voice is still the same. If that's a reason for people to be like, oh, she hasn't, but it doesn't always change your voice, by, by the way. Um, I know some people who've taken it correctly and it doesn't do that. But the other reasons why I chose not to do it was I, my hormones have always been healthy. Like I've, I've gotten my blood work done. I've always had good, good, uh, panels taken. Um, and so for me, I was like, I don't want to mess with anything when I'm healthy. And for me, it's always been about health, not just about winning this plastic trophy. It's the long run for me. And I've thought like, okay, if I do this now, how will this impact my future? If I do this now, is it, am I going to have issues with pregnancy? Am I going to have, if I end up having children, you know, am I going to have issues. And for me, I was like, I don't even, even if people tell me it's not going to impact me, I don't want to take the risk personally. That's my personal viewpoint on it. Now, do I think people who take it have really great results? Yes. But here's the other thing I think people don't understand. Even the girls that I know that take, take stuff, they still have to work really fucking hard. It's not like you take this pill or injection or whatever it is. However, people take it. It's not like you do that. And then all of a sudden you're just fucking jacked those girls are working. They are in the gym, doing the work, eating the food. Regardless, it just speeds up the process. And I think girls have a lot of pressure. I've had so many women come to me and be like, my coach told me that I have to take steroids if I'm going to compete and I don't really want to. And I'm just wondering what you think. And I'm like, honestly, this is a, this is a personal decision for everyone. You should never feel pressured to do something you don't want to do. If this is something that you've researched and you feel okay with it, then you should do it. But for me, it's like, I I've always the same thing with like pre-workout. I've never taken pre-workout. My motto was if I don't have the energy to fucking push myself through this workout, then I shouldn't be here. And for me, that's been the same thing. If I can't push myself to build the muscle, if I can't be in it for the long haul and do the work and stay committed for X amount of time to have that growth and really commit to years of this, then I shouldn't be doing it. I don't want the quick fix. I want the work. I want to do it right. I want to do it for myself. And I want to stick to my morals and what I believe in. So I don't think people should fall into the peer pressure of taking anything. Like same thing goes for boob jobs. No one asked me this, but another thing I've always gotten from girls when they're really wanting to progress in competing, they're like, well, my coach told me I had to get my boobs done because every girl that's a pro has breast implants. And I'm like, I don't, 
I never even wanted them. I still to this day don't want them. Maybe someday I'll decide to do it, but it's never been something I've cared about and I don't want it. And so I've never done it. And I don't think that people have to follow this like book of what you should do to accomplish specifically being an athlete. You don't need fake boobs. You don't have to take steroids. You just have to be willing to do the work and, and willing to put in the time that it takes to get to that level, which can take years to do. But no, I don't think any pressures that someone puts on you, they're not for you. If you have a coach telling you to get your boobs done, you should probably find a different coach. If you have a coach that's pushing steroids on you and you really don't want to do it, then you should find a different coach. It's not If it's not something that's part of your moral system, then you should find someone who has the same values that you do. Okay, so another fitness question was, the toughest part of your fitness journey? I think there's two parts to this. The first one was in the beginning was really just like people being negative, you know, like people being like, Oh, you're obsessed with this. Or, you know, you, you're starting to look, you should calm down a little bit. You're starting to look really masculine. You're starting to look like a man Um, or the lack of support from people like family specifically being like, why do you have to do that? Why can't you eat this? Why are you doing that? Like you can do this. And it was really hard for me when it was coming from my family because I was like, this is important to me. Like, why are you upset that I'm trying to do things that are, you know, better for me? Why are you, why are you feeling some type of way about what I'm putting in my body as far as food goes and how I'm exercising my body? And it was really challenging because the people I thought that were going to be cheering for me and supporting me when I first started were more so the people who were making me feel like I shouldn't be doing it. Now, fast forward to almost over a decade later, my whole family is healthy and my brother is my business partner. And, you know, it's kind of changed our entire health like direction for my entire family. So in a lot of ways I, I feel like I will take the, will take this as I inspired my family in a lot of ways to change how they view their bodies and health. But that was probably the hardest part was the amount of people who didn't support me when I thought they would. And I learned that the hard way. And it wasn't just family. It was just, it was friends, you know, losing friendships because you stop doing the things that most American people do, which is go out drinking every weekend, going out to eat all the time, happy hour. Those things just didn't align with me anymore. And it was really hard for me because I just wanted to find people like me. I wanted someone who really cared about their body and wanted to grow and to evolve as a person. And I think the hardest part was finding that, that community of people that were like me and like-minded. Um, but I got there, you know, it took some time. I had a few, I had a probably pretty lonely year or two until I found that like solid group of people who were just on that same wavelength as me. Um, but it was hard. And I think a lot of people, I've had clients that talk about how my family just doesn't understand what I'm doing. They don't think it's worth the money, you know, investing in my health. They think it's this, they think it's that. And I'm like, yeah, because they aren't, in the position you're in. They don't see the value in your health. They don't see the value in what you're doing, but you do. And you just have to stick with it because what happens when somebody sees you changing yourself and a lot of the time there's resistance, there's met with a lot of resistance, whether it's because they're jealous because they, it makes them feel bad about themselves that they couldn't do something or they're losing someone who they get to do the things with, you know, like you're my buddy to go drink with, you're my buddy to go get food with. And so you meet that resistance. But usually what happens, which is a beautiful part of this entire process is they start asking, okay, what are you doing? 
because they see how you're changing. They see how your life is improving and how you're happier and you're looking really good, look good, feel good. And you start to inspire other people. So although it's really tough and challenging in the beginning and you meet that resistance, you usually end up inspiring those same people and they're the ones who end up being like, can you help me? (laughs) So keep that in mind when someone's kind of giving you some negative feedback about your lifestyle changes. Oftentimes it is a bit of jealousy and I don't mean it like, oh, they're jealous of, you know, it's hard to define this as jealousy, but it is. It's it's jealousy more so along the terms of someone seeing you do well for yourself and them feeling guilty about themselves. Like I've literally had people be like, I don't like hanging out with you when we go to dinner because I feel like you're judging me because I'm making bad choices. And more so that's a personal problem because I don't give a fuck what other people eat. I don't do not care if you're eating pizza. It's not me. It's not my body. The same way I, I don't want you telling me that you're judging me for eating chicken and rice for every meal. I don't give a damn what you're putting in your body either. That's your business. But a lot of the time it's met with, a lot of the time it's going to be met with resistance and then it progressively goes to inspiration and, and people wanting your help essentially. And the second tough part about my fitness journey, this is related more so to how you kind of evolve as a person. You start to want to be around people who, and I don't want to say this in a bad way, like not on my level, but somebody who holds themselves to a certain standard. And and I mean this more so in a dating sense, I'm going to say, which, which has been tough, is finding somebody who has the same passion uh, for their, for health and wellness as I do. Um, but not just that, but like living that, that lifestyle, that positive mindset view that kind of my lifestyle, you know, like I don't go out drinking all the time. So finding somebody who doesn't care and can find other ways to be active and, and to do things and get get out and be social. Um, also, I don't really eat shitty food. I don't like to go out and have pizza. It's not really my jam. I prefer something healthy that's going to make me feel good. And I know that can be very challenging to find someone who matches that same energy as well. And so, yeah, it's hard. It's hard out there for, for someone like me to find a partnership. And that's been something that's definitely been challenging throughout this entire process. Journey. Where do you find motivation to work out when you have your period? Listen, (laughs) this is for the girls. I don't have motivation. That's the thing I've talked about. I have no motivation to work out when I have my cycle. I want to lay in bed and die because I'm in so much pain, but I don't just don't give myself the option. And let me just say this. There are studies, if you research um, having your cycle and exercise, that actually proves that if you train, exercise, workout, do some kind of movement, it actually helps with your cramps and can make it less painful. So that's another reason why I keep myself moving when I have, you know, all the period cramps that God has gifted me with. Um, but I don't have motivation. Like, you know, you get super tired. You don't have a lot of energy. It's not really something you want to get up and do, but I do it anyways because I don't give myself the option not to. Someone asked me if I want to learn MMA, Jiu-Jitsu, and Muay Thai. I have done Muay Thai. I did Muay Thai for four years. I dated a fighter, and he was a great guy. He taught me a lot, and it was fun having kind of like someone who would hold pads for me whenever I wanted to. Um, I already talked about this. I trained. I sparred. I got punched in the eye. It wasn't for me. I love it. I do think it's great for anyone to do that kind of you know physical activity. That shit is hard as fuck. Like it's, you work muscles you didn't even know existed, but also in other aspects of life, having that training, if you're ever in a position where you need to defend yourself, that shit is like riding a bike. You just muscle memory, you go right into that. So I definitely recommend doing some kind of um, Muay Thai or martial arts or whatever it is to be able to build up that defense for yourself if need be. 
this question is a good question. Um, what is my opinion on if it fits your macros for macros? They said, uh, I, I think it's great. I think flex, flexible dieting is, is beautiful because it gives people the ability to pick and choose what they want to eat. Um, but my problem with, with it is that a lot of the time people pick and choose things that aren't healthy. I think if it fits your macros works for a lot of people, but I feel like it works better if you're choosing the right foods. Well, let's be real. Not all macros are the same. So, you know, you could be getting in 200 carbs, 200 grams of carbs for your macros, but it could be coming from fucking garbage. You know, you could be eating baked goods and then you hit your 200 fucking grams versus 200 grams of like a complex, healthy carb. Um, so for me, it's more or less the choices people make. I think it's good if you're someone who's trying to maintain and you want that freedom, but just because you're doing it, you know, counting your macros doesn't mean you shouldn't still be mindful of whether or not you're putting healthy food or healthy fuel in your body. It still matters. What you consume still makes a difference. It impacts you in a lot of ways. Like sugar, I'm a sugar fucking addict. I love sugar, but when I eat sugar, it's crazy how much it changes my, my mental clarity, my mindset, my mood, those kinds of things do matter. So looking at it from a health standpoint, I think it's good for people who need the flexibility when they are trying to be healthy, but I don't think it's, I don't think it's the solution for someone who wants to lose weight and wants to eat like shit at the same time. I just don't think it, it doesn't really make sense to me. But if it's something you like and it's successful, you're successful and it by all means do it. What's your nationality? Uh, well, I think they meant ethnicity because my nationality is I'm American. I was born in America. Uh, my ethnicity, though, is a fun mix. My father was Nigerian, passed away a year ago. Um, so I'm half Nigerian. Love that part of me. I uh, used to feel very... Um, kind of sad, not sad, but I felt, I felt different when I grew up because I grew up around all white people because my mother's white, which I'll say what her national or ethnicity is. Um, I didn't like my hair. Everyone's like, Oh, your hair's cool. And they touch it and it made me feel like a fucking freak. Now I love that part of me. Um, cause I've really been able to embrace my culture and embrace that side of my life. But growing up uh, in a predominantly white community with, you know, all white people made me hate being so different. Obviously it's changed. I love it. Um, and my mother is actually, she did a 23andMe test and we learned that we're actually more French than we are anything. Um, but we're also German uh, and Irish and I believe Czech. Yes. So that's my ethnicity. Do love my mix. Definitely an uh, interesting combination. Uh, is there any way, is, aside from weightlifting, is there another sport you would like to try to learn? You guys. So I did CrossFit. I tried doing CrossFit. That was another thing. In the beginning, I said I wanted to do the things that fitness people were doing, which was, you know, running marathons. I joined a, a boxing gym to do Muay Thai. I also joined a CrossFit gym. And let me tell you something. Those people are fucking animals. Love it. Love watching it. Cannot do it. Not for me. Couldn't fucking snatch to save my fucking life. Couldn't do it. Tried got frustrated. And I'm the kind of person who like, if I'm bad at something, I don't keep trying. I did for a while. And then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to stick to bodybuilding. That's for me. I did like CrossFit, but it, it's not the thing. Honestly, I don't think there's another sport I would like to try to learn. I've pretty much done, you know, I did Muay Thai. love that. I definitely want to get back into it. I miss it. Um, CrossFit wasn't for me. Uh, I'm not good at golfing. I've tried that, but that's pretty much, you know, that's it. I don't really think there's a lot of other sports that I would uh, 
enjoy, you know, pickleball is popular, never done it. Maybe I'd try it. I used to play tennis as a kid. I'm an athlete. So I've, I've done a lot of sports. I've played a lot of sports, but as of right now, there's really no sports that I'm like, I want to do that. I'd like to get really good at that. I'm just still trying to be really good at being a trainer, training myself and helping other people, you know, reach their goals with their bodies. Who are the top three icons you would love to have a gym session with? Well, that's a good question. Um, I'm going to answer this based off of more so people I'd like to hang out with. For sure, The Rock, number fucking one. I, I'm pretty sure he would kill me. I would be dead. I would die. The other one is Jonathan Majors. Literally nothing to do with anything other than I'd like to look at him because he's a gorgeous man. He's not even an athlete. He's an actor, but I would just like to look at him. But for real, probably The Rock. Jeez, who else? There's no females I can think of that I'd be like, yeah, I want to train with her. Literally, there's not one. Damn. No, not one. Damn. No. Damn. I did get to train with Dana Lynn Bailey. That was an experience. That bitch is fucking an animal for real. I was. I actually thought I was going to die working out with her. That was dope. She's dope. Um, but no, so the rock definitely would be one. And then, um, maybe Seabum because he's daddy and that's it. I don't have three. I'm not gonna lie. There's really not a lot of people. I'm like, I want to get a workout with you. I think anyone who works really hard, I like working out with anyone who wants to train hard. I, I think it's a fun experience. I like to meet new people. It's kind of my social way of, of meeting new people. Um, but I don't really have any icons in the fitness industry. I kind of just stick to my, my own shit. I, I mind my business. I do my workouts. Um, and that's really it. There's no one I look at and be like, I want to work out with them just because I, I kind of stick to myself. I stay to myself. All right. Here's my last question. I like this question. What made you so tough mentally to be so disciplined? Um, and this is actually nothing to do with fitness at all. Actually. Yeah, no, this has nothing to do with fitness. I think what made me so strong mentally um, brings it back to when I was a child, like 14, just a young, young Angie. I, I think I learned at a young age that if I wanted something in life, no one was going to do it for me. I grew up a pretty tough childhood. I fend, I had to fend for myself basically since I was like, you know, 12 years old. And I had that moment where I was like, okay, if I want life to be this life I envision. Okay. So the last thing, okay. So someone said advice on coaching for a transformation. Listen, you guys, I'm a fucking coach. I have had people lately who are like, Hey, do you have any, any advice on a trainer or a coach? I'm like, are you asking me because you don't like me and you want me to give you a tip for someone else? I do all the things I've been doing it for seven years. My company has been in business for almost seven years in April. I literally dedicate my entire life to changing lives. I don't just want to give you a meal plan and workouts. I want to change your fucking life. I want to change your viewpoint on the world. I want to build that strong mindset that you need to be disciplined and do the work and show up for yourself. I'm all about changing lives, changing lifestyles, making people the best versions of themselves. So if you're looking for a coach, I am your motherfucking girl. If you're a guy, I do coach men, but typically I stick to females because that's just my thing. But I do actually have a few men from time to time and I, I enjoy them as well. You know, I'm really grateful for the people who have messaged me about the podcast. I'm grateful for people who actually sent in questions. I did get quite a few. They were kind of all over the place. So I tried to keep it, you know, to fitness since that was the majority of the questions. 
but genuinely I'm just grateful for people who, who want to listen to what I have to say. Got a lot of stuff on my mind. I got a lot of things that I, I like to talk about and it's fun to be able to share my, you know, life experience, my wisdom with people who want to listen. And I'm grateful for the community that I've built, not just on Instagram, but my podcast and my business. And I greatly appreciate all the support and all the love that I keep getting from my listeners and my followers. And a lot of you have become my friends. So I appreciate, I appreciate you guys. I appreciate the listeners. And uh, that's my episode.